Another episode of Quinto Quarto. Today I have with me Christian Narciso. Narciso, Narciso. Yeah, that's how you want to pronounce it. Thank that's you, in, Nar Narciso in English because yeah. it's easier for the others. Um, nice. Another coach that I, that I had the, the, the pleasure to meet through COVID at first, but then we, we, we had the pleasure to talk about a lot of things and grow this, this, uh, this relationship. Uh, Christian, first of all, thanks for. for be here to be here to talk about a little bit about your 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 experience as a coach because you are a very different kind of Italian coach that, that I known for the others uh, not for only for your experience outside of Italy but also with your mentality and the things that you try to do uh, so thanks a lot and I hope that everyone that is what that is listening to this and watching to this can take as much as I, I've taken from from the last years from you thank you so much for having me here Vasco And so for starters, so because not everyone knows you, a lot of people that are from Italy maybe knows, but the others know, don't. Uh, give us a little in intro to who is Christian, who, how how's basketball, how's basketball enter entered your life, how coaching entered your life, how, how this have been um, doing. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, how basketball has been uh, started in my life? I think I, I started playing since I was seven. Uh, I was one of these kids, you know, uh, that fell in love with it. So, uh, actually, I started very early. I was uh, 20. Uh, I was passing through this phase of uh, playing and not being really a great player. So, <laughs> I started to help, you know, other coaches uh, a little bit with kids. And then uh, I was lucky that I started my career in uh, uh, Adue, uh, in A2, uh, women's side in Italy, in Naples, in my city. Uh, there they needed an assistant. I was starting to study, uh, you know, here you have uh, some steps to study to become a coach. Mm -hmm. So I started that, that path and I've been uh, from the first moment uh, coaching, you know, as an assistant and then afterwards i started to uh, learn about uh, scouting about you know learn all the things that i've been knowing since now uh when i was 20. i was lucky enough to be with an under 17 uh, girls team that went on the national finals mm -hmm. which was not uh, very uh it was not a goal but we got there and everything went you know in a good position and then i got hired the next year with the with the senior team So I was an assistant coach, video coordinator the very next year. So from there, I started my path always in my, you know, close to my city in Naples, in South Italy, uh, moving from uh, one club to another uh, with youth clubs, youth uh, academies. I stayed four years in the same academy in, in a very historic uh, Collana basket in Naples. And then from there, uh, we I actually had a couple of groups that from under 13 to under 18, uh, we started, they never played basketball before. And then under 18, we went to win the regional championship, which mm -hmm. was a, a great achievement for them. Uh, and then from there, I got my first experience. I went abroad in uh, Denmark. I got hired as a, a head coach of a men's team there. Uh, and then I stayed two seasons. We moved up from Division three to Division one in two consecutive years. 
uh, then I moved to Copenhagen uh, with the biggest club in uh, in Denmark, which is Falcon. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think it was 2020, so it was a little bit of uh, uh, COVID time. So I went back to Italy. I got married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm uh, going chronologically. I think I missed some uh, senior experience in my hometown uh, while I was coaching you. And then afterwards, uh, I was with an academy in Sardinia for three years in Oristano. And then I moved to Malta. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, this last season, I went to Malta with the, as a head coach of the first men team in the first league. Actually, we were uh, vice uh, champions. We won a cup, uh, the league cup, and then we were finalists in all the other competitions. And this year, I'm with Orlandina Basket, which I believe is one of the most historical clubs in Italy. They've been right. in the first league for several years. Uh, they're very uh, passionate here about basketball. Uh, many players and coaches uh, have been passing through here. I can mention Pozzecco, that is the you know national team mm-hmm. uh, coach. He has been playing here and then coaching here. So here, everyone is breathing basketball and they have a long history. So that's a little bit of the path I've been uh, doing through basketball. I started with the women uh scouting in a lot of years and then i did on my own as a head coach abroad and you, you were saying that um you were with the youth teams with women's side men's side you went to denmark you went to the third division so a lower division so you you get out of it, italy one of the one of the most passionate and talented um countries in in terms of basketball yeah. and you go to denmark that that that, that doesn't have that much of a culture of basketball culture and go to the third division how does that happen in terms of what changed your mind to go okay i mean in italy a country that it's my home home, home country yeah. where basketball where i can become a professional coach in so many places yeah what did change for you to decide to go to denmark to the third division where maybe basketball was not their first priority yeah well uh first of all i was uh, always curious about uh, traveling uh, mm-hmm. i had uh, you know always this desire to travel and to go abroad uh, i always uh, was a good kid in english at school so i, I wanted to experience life a little bit so mm-hmm. uh, i was driven about basketball i was trying to learn as much as possible uh the point is like okay i wanted to try on my own you know i wanted to experiment uh, so actually i wanted a, a chance to be head coach uh, I've been head coach with the youth, but it's uh, kind of different because you have to develop and everything. And then there is, it was more of a developing a culture. Mm-hmm. And actually it was a very great experience because first of all, they treat me like I was home. It was my first job abroad. I got, you know, uh, um, in a totally different ca- uh, country where people are uh, facing different, uh-huh. different social, you know, background. It was amazing. Uh, to be honest i was always open to do that so when i had the chance uh, i took it and i don't regret it actually even if it was a, a lower league i was uh, about like i knew that the facilities there were amazing so uh, i said okay let's try to bring this uh, this club as high as possible mm-hmm. obviously they had the same vision as me and uh, right now actually uh, they're still in first division uh, which is the highest they've been in their history mm-hmm. in bayern it's a small town of 10,000 uh, people. And now they're trying to make the big step to go to Basket Liga. So, of course, it's a lot of effort in the economical side and everything, but uh, we've been also in a great relationship since then. 
and uh, I still help them sometimes, you know, uh, to consult with them for players or uh, for coaches and stuff like that. So it's been a hell of a ride and I loved it so far and I would redo it probably all over again. <laughs> yeah, no, for me, that's one, one, the first interesting thing that you said in terms of this, this type of changing cultures is yeah. that as a coach, we always think that we have to stay in the biggest countries to to become a professional coach or even to get to the highest level. And in, in part is is um, true. But at the same time, you said something that it was amazing. That I love to travel. I want to experiment. And why not putting both things together? Why not travel and being a coach at the same time? So I think that a lot of, I'll say kids, but coaches of my age, younger younger coaches, uh, have the mentality, okay, I have to become the best ever. And I think that it can be a successful, uh, successful career if you can travel all over the world coaching while being paid for that, to do that. So, of course, we don't have that much time during the the, the, the season to, to travel abroad and all that stuff, but we have some, even a day off, you can visit this city or that city or this town. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, also apart from the travel side. It's uh, I, I think it's opening your mind. Actually, mm -hmm. I remember how I was as a coach when I first landed there, and I remember uh, after three years how I landed back to Italy. Let, let's, like, yeah, let, let's let's go that way. Let's go that way. In terms of because Denmark and Italy are complete opposites in terms of culture, even even uh, historical culture, even um, people culture per se. Um, what was the the most demanding things you encountered there in terms of culture shifting, um, mm -hmm. and what things did you took to your life as a coach, to your philosophies as a coach in those three years you were there? Yeah, well, uh, I have to go deep into uh, background uh, social life in Denmark because uh, when I've been I've been there for me it was a little bit you know everyone I, I got a, a, um, in the team. It was a very, uh, um, how to say, uh, very different cultures, uh, different players. You know, someone was from Bosnia, Slovakia, Syria, uh, then uh, the foreigner, and then I had so many different uh, perspectives. And when I got there, I remember that they were uh, kind of like, "Hey, you're Italian. We know that. You know, we have, you have this blood. You know, this passion and everything. Here, people are more chill." And at the beginning, I was like, "Okay, they're exaggerating." And when I understood, uh, I, I got also lucky because I got hired also as a PE teacher uh, there, as my background of uh, sports science. So I actually uh, got to know how it was in the schools, uh, how they were uh, treated. Uh, and it's unbelievable. It's totally a, a different background. First of all, I mean, they've been investing in the 90s about, you know, structures of sports because course in Denmark there is less sun less hours of sun uh, they had a big problem with alcoholism uh, still they have some problems with that but they invested uh, many companies invested on uh, uh, building good structure uh, good uh, you know um, uh, building for playing sports in general and there is this uh, uh, the biggest sh uh, cultural shock there it was like that uh, basketball court were uh, filled up with different lines there were the lines of a uh, basketball court, then there was a badminton, then there was a, a futsal and like five, six sports. So you could see all these different lines with different colors. You know, and you get crazy. Let me say a thing, because I think here in Italy, you are not that used to it 
because yeah. Italy is the one of the biggest sports in, in Italy. And you have you have gyms just for basketball, but even in Portugal, we have that those kinds of gyms. So you go to play to a team, and you have like six or seven types of courts, different courts in, same, yeah. in the same space. So it's I think yeah. it's more of a culture shock for who comes from <laughs> from Italy and also from, mm -hmm. because in, also in Spain they has even the the not the greatest teams, but the small teams had those type of gyms. So yeah. I can understand why you feel you felt that. Yeah, that no, also because I believe in Italy, the courts that are made for basketball, mostly they were made for volleyball. So actually, yeah. we use that we have the volleyball line. Actually, if we do some drill, it's also it helps. like we'll go to the yeah, go to the volleyball line. And but when you see so many lines, you are like that. Then apart of, of this, of, of course, it's a silly thing. Uh, I've seen that most of the families. Uh, they were in a very good position socially and economically. Uh, so their kids, they were going to school. Uh, the school are uh, um, for free. Uh, even the university there is for free. Uh, the kids, well, as they have a big structure for this, their schools, their schools are amazing. You go to this school and there are more classes that are for, uh, I don't know, art and science and uh, cooking. They, they teach you everything and actually I was uh, getting to collaborate for a SFO, which is an after school. So I was uh, taking care of the kids, making them do sports between, you know, this time of uh, 2 p.m. to uh, 4 p.m. And in that time, the kids could choose their activity. They had so many different activities. They had a forest outside. I mean, I'm talking about a forest of uh, many meters mm -hmm. where they could uh, play outdoors, they could play indoors, they could uh, make activities, uh, you know, with science or with the uh, cooking, whatever. They were learning everything and they could choose on their own, which is something that here in Italy doesn't work like that. Even if you have some project, you choose that project. Okay, mm -hmm. you choose to go, I don't know, for uh, IT. So you go there and you study that. That it's a bit different. So you could decide and actually also quitting, mm -hmm. which is uh, the other piece of the medal. They have a lot more of a creativity side because they can express themselves. On the other side, uh, they're very eager to quit if something is not going their way. This is what was happening at the beginning. You know, uh, you put a drill and then there's like, ah, what well, is basketball? No, uh, we're going some somewhere else. And that was the, the first challenge I faced, you know, because I've been uh, digging also into the families, how they were growing with their kids. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no yelling. There is, you know, like, you have to, if a kid is uh, freaking out, you have to make them understand, sit with them, you know, and talk with them and make them express that, their emotion. And that changed, sorry, sorry, that changed the way that you coach already from the beginning? Because if you come to Italy, there's a lot of yelling because it's the, it's the passion. It's the passion that he's talking, it's not to be rude or something. You as a coach that comes from Italy, that comes from this environment, what changed to your coaching style and your approach in terms of a, a basketball coach? Okay, uh, you asked me if uh, the beginning didn't change so much. Actually, uh, I think that's one of the resistance that I believe that everyone has to face when they travel and they go abroad. You know, uh, it's like you're putting your way of uh, of coaching of uh, whatever you're doing, and then you face this resistance. These uh, people are not understanding you, and then you're like. Okay, but you know, back in Italy, they do stuff like that. So you always compare, okay? And then there is this fine line at some point where you understand it's like, okay, but I'm not in Italy anymore. I have to adapt too. So when that shift happened, it was happening mostly at the end of the first season when uh, we won the first championship. 
uh, I was like, okay, I understand that here I have to a little bit, not relax, but understand that I can communicate in a different way, mm -hmm. which is something that I, I learned a lot also in my, you know, what you are calling positive mindset is like, it's something that I changed my way of coaching because I approach to athletes in a different way. I take them as human beings. And then sometimes when we learn so much about basketball tactics and everything, we kind of forget that part. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, do this, hey, do this. Hey, why you didn't uh, make this read? And why did you, didn't you make this? And, and then it's like, mm, the feedback is not helping. It's just, you know, uh, attacking someone that then he feels that he has to defend. And then this is happening in all, you know, uh, kind of relationship when you uh, face with uh, other people, culture on a way of uh, seeing life. So this is something that really impacted my life. And first of all, and then my coaching style, because I'm like something that I love there, which I was fighting a lot in the, in the beginning is like, uh, they had this culture of, uh, okay, let's go out and take a beer. Okay. Either we win, either we lose. <laughs> like, and then at the beginning, I was freaking out. Like we lost, uh, I remember we lost a game uh, on the overtime, uh, last shot, we missed a free throw that uh, could uh, be, you know, uh, another overtime and then we lost. And I was so upset, I couldn't sleep, you know? And then the, the guys who were there like, ah, come on coach, let's go take a beer. And I was like, no way, <laughs> <Find a> way. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? But then with time, I understood also the spirit of that because it's like, okay, we're fighting, we're having a war, let's say, on the court. But what is important, this is a sport. We're here mm -hmm. because we want to stay together. There are many motivations, many players. Of course, if you go a lower level, it happens more often. Like They're not there with the same motivation. They mm -hmm. don't all want to become a basketball player. Yeah, they enjoy themselves also, yes. Many people, even at a high level, I see, like, they stay there because they want to be part of something. They want to mm -hmm. feel like they belong. And this is like human needs. It's not something about basketball only. And that made me, you know, shift a little bit my perspective. It's like, okay, if I want someone to, uh, that they become the best player they can, I have also to take in account why they play and mm -hmm. what they like. And also, you know, when something that also changed during the COVID where we started, you know, talking, uh, it was uh, uh, checking out Alex Arama's stuff because uh, one of the things that he was saying, uh, a part of the methods, it was like, okay, it has to be fun. Even if mm -hmm. it's a pro, like if he's not having fun and he's doing things just repetitive without even thinking, that is not helping his game. It's not helping him also develop as a person. And that's, I think that's our goal, okay? Sometimes we say we are coaches, but we're not only basketball coaches. We're teaching. We're teaching mm -hmm. things that are uh, gonna help them. Either they want to become pro, either they want to become uh, an entrepreneur or uh, yeah. a worker. So yeah. that's something yeah. that we have always to, to have in mind. And after you have this culture shock in Denmark for three years, you said you were there for three yeah. years. Three um, years in this small town, and then I moved to Copenhagen. Copenhagen, and then you 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 challenge yourself again, and you after some years you moved to Malta, where you were last season. And you had a successful year. Malta is not that known. I think is less known for basketball even than Denmark. So, what were the biggest challenge in terms of culture shift? Because Malta is also a small, a small space, a small culture. Yes. Everyone knows everyone. Um, what was the biggest difference? And 
we can talk already a little bit about your brand, the Flexi Baller, because it's also getting something different, getting something new, getting something that is not that common to to the basketball world. So not all, not also, no, not only you had to shift your culture as you had to shift mentalities to put your brand. So walk us through a little bit from of that. Okay. Well, uh, first of all, this uh, now that you mentioned Flexi Baller, which is. Uh, uh, kind of a, a mix between uh, yoga practice. Uh, I've been lucky that I have my uh, wife that she's a yoga teacher and actually many of the insights I was sharing with her uh, during my basketball uh, mm -hmm. practice were, uh, were basically about, okay, but have you, have you checked, you know, the feelings of this player? Have you checked that he's uh, doing well with his life? Have you checked all this stuff? And then I've seen that yoga is helping me because I tried on myself. And then I was like, okay, if this is helping me, it can help even athletes even way more, not only on the physical side, but also on the mental side. So that's why we tried in Denmark. Uh, we had uh, actually a really nice camp uh, with the senior team, which mm -hmm. you don't imagine. No, it's like, okay, something for youth. No, actually has been working more with the, with the senior. And then when we try that type of approach mixing in a uh, practice uh, yoga and uh, basketball driven on uh, decision making on cla and uh, games approach uh that that was uh, was interesting because i've seen people that were always you know uh, used to some kind of things then to change their approach and it was shocking uh and when we went to malta we had the chance to try it on players and of course the the shock, the cultural shock there is different because you can imagine I've been in Denmark, which uh, e uh, even with the weather, you know, you can uh, see that uh, there is like uh, gray all the time. Mm -hmm. And then when there is sun, people are really appreciating that they're going out, they're going uh, making picnics outdoors, even with the 12 degrees, which would be crazy for uh, <laughs> someone in Italy. Like right now it's 12 and people uh, treat it like it's winter. So <laughs> I I'm not asking you because in Trento, I believe it's way no, colder. No, no. I have been I have been lucky because we can we, we 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 got some days of cold but now it's around 12 to 15 degrees it's okay. Ah okay okay so we we kind of have the same uh, temperature. And so when I move back to Malta of course it's like more sunny days uh, you can uh, actually get to appreciate the time you get to appreciate uh, uh, many more things and then of course it's like a um, it's a small place like you say, it's 20 kilometers, but I would not say that everyone knows everyone also because it's uh, in a big expansion economically. And there are many, many, many companies uh, for, uh, you know, uh, uh, sports betting, uh, other companies uh, about, you know, uh, uh, casino online, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So there are people coming from all over the world for their languages, their, their language uh, skills. So they come to work with their languages. And that is also the environment in basketball because there are many, you know, uh, local foreigners, they call it. Now they allow them to be at the same mm -hmm. uh, spot as uh, Maltese. So actually the level is a little bit higher. Um, with the national team, there is a lot of uh, activity, both uh, with youth and with, uh, you know, senior. The point is like, of course, uh, the, there are the sports. There is football that is way, you know, bigger there. But still, I think basketball is growing so much in the in that uh, aisle, and you have to understand the background. 
like you have uh, the Maltese are actually people that uh, it's kind of you're, you're in between Italy and uh, you know uh, the Arabian world. So mm-hmm. you have this mixture that is uh, actually very new, but uh, it, you understand the history. There's a lot of history of Christianity. There is a lot of background, you know, of uh, people that are a little bit more, you know, settled on uh, these uh, uh, old values. And then there is this uh, wave of uh, people coming from all over the world. And then there is a nice mixture because uh, you, it's the same thing I told you, you know, it's like when you move and you go to a different country, you learn a little bit and then you give a little bit. So it's like also the, uh, the aisle is becoming so much, you know, uh, fast paced. Uh, there's a lot of traffic because you can imagine more people than, uh, than the space itself. And basketball-wise, was uh, was the same. You approach with uh, different. Uh, I had four Serbian players. Uh, I had different kind of uh, input. Actually, the whole coaching staff was Italian mm-hmm. uh, because there are many Italian coming from Sicily. So you understand that the background is a very mixed. And talking about flexibler was actually very surprising that it worked very well because um, you know. For example, if you talk with the Baltic players, they're very, you know, uh, strict on some things. So when I uh, I tried to make them do yoga at the beginning, they were a little bit like, you know, they felt like there is a little bit too much of feminine side, which I, I told them like, hey, it's nothing about, you know, uh, men or women. It's just like for your flexibility, not only physical, but also mental. Mm-hmm. And then time by time, we had a break of two weeks where we didn't uh, do it. And they were actually asking for it. So mm-hmm. that was a win for me because it's like, okay, this thing is working. Uh, they work a lot on the decision making, which is something that with pro doesn't happen so much. We kind of use that uh, our weeks are more like, you know, uh, we do uh, individuals in the morning, but individuals are very like against zero. And then I believe that individuals should be a lot with defenders, even if it's a fake defender, even if the. Uh, it's uh, just the coach uh, contesting shots or making a different scenario. Yeah, but let's so, go, let's let's go there for a little bit uh, because you were talking about before in Denmark you use CLA, you use um, uh, small side games, games approach. Um, what is your your way of thinking in terms of not that because you are always working with senior teams mm-hmm. because with Sarama. And all the all the coaches that that I've talked through and with, we talk a lot about play development on youth categories, and we talk we don't talk enough about play development in senior teams. Yeah. What is your your thoughts about that on working with the Saramia way? Let's put it that way because it has yeah. been him that put out all this stuff for the last years. How do you? What are your thoughts? Um, on player development on pro teams and senior teams? Well, uh, I believe also if you talk about senior teams, most of the senior team, they have a, a good part uh, made by young players that are moving from youth to uh, senior. So already that you have uh, 20 years old kids, for example, here in, uh, in Orlandina, there are mm-hmm. five players uh, out of 12 that are uh, actually no seven players if we consider the local one uh that are uh, less than uh, 20 years old so you understand that development is key there and uh, 
uh, I believe that it's something that is uh, always giving uh, an extra, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. okay, I know that uh, shooting for me, it's a habit. This happens, for example, with, with the older players. There are these old players that have been used to work in a certain way, they, they build up it. So they want, you know, their space to shoot one on zero, uh, to have their uh, shooting spots and everything. Uh, but I believe that when you give a little bit, you know, like, okay, let's try this, but uh, I'm coming to contest or I'm doing, uh, you know, you give little things to, to not break their habits because also when you build a habit, it, it means that you have done that for many years. Mm -hmm. So uh, in Malta, I've been trying, you know, um, I had uh, foreigners, I had for foreigners, I had uh, the Serbians, I have uh, many Maltese players and they were really open to that. They were really open to read the game. They were not used to read the game, which was actually at the beginning, you know, a lot of uh, turnovers, a lot of mm -hmm. situations that are going like that because they wanted a scripted one. It's more easy, it's more safe for me to learn a scripted thing because I'm like, okay, I know that when this is happening, this I have to do. But then it's never happened the same, even a similar scenario, even if we have the same uh, side picker role ISO with four. We know that uh, depending on the position of the defender or my position on the court is going to be a different uh, scenario every time. Mm -hmm. So if it's under the line, under the free throw line, if it's uh, higher or if the screen is a little bit flat, that, that change everything. And if you don't uh, put different scenarios, I believe you're uh, taking out a little bit of learning experience to the yeah, players, even the expert one. Mm -hmm. But now I'm thinking because you said that in a uh, couple of land you have a lot of uh, younger players, how do you on a pro team or in a senior team? Because you always have, even if they are not youth players, they are developing also um, during the, those years. How do you balance the result-oriented uh, development work with the growth-oriented development work? Because you can do with the CLA, you can do with the um, games approach, but you can do just I don't know side pick and roll because they're your stuff this year. How do you? manage to get there and also get some things that that, get, that can grow the player to go to another level because if you are on Serie B, you want your players to go to Serie A. If you are on yeah. Serie A, you want your players to go to their, your leg or uh, yeah, NBA. Course, so how do you balance this, this type of uh, stuff? Well, uh, first of all, I, I believe uh, that depends also the position you are. As an assistant coach, of course, I can put inputs more on the individuals in the morning, for mm -hmm. example, or, uh, you know, in the uh, daily work we have, uh, even if we have some space off, you know, the players can come and then uh, we can work with two, three mm -hmm. players together. There's something that uh, is happening, you know, to to give a little inputs. Of course, you have to always face the coaching staff is uh, different. If, uh, I think like that, I, uh, the good thing about coaching is you have always uh, a coach that thinks different, uh, differently mm -hmm. than you. And then it's amazing because you learn that. Actually, I believe I've been learning more from the ones that are not uh, thinking like me because it's like, okay, I see this per perspective. For example, this year I've been learning a lot about uh, uh, defense. And uh, I, I thought of myself to be a, a defensive coach, you know, uh, to have that type of style. But hey, I didn't. Like, <laughs> I'm learning a lot. And I know how uh, to balance certain things. Of course, uh, when there is a, a let's say a, a calendar for you know you have, we have a lot of games this year. We play until uh, June. Then it's a little bit uh, tough to find the space. You you can find space mostly in the morning for individual work, and that's where I act the most. But for example, in Malta last year, I was uh, uh, 
as a head coach, I was pushing way more on this type of work during the week than the preparation of the game. The preparation of the game was uh, based more on the last two days before the game. But then the rest of the week was working on our on how to get better on a different uh, type of uh, scenario. And that was uh, my goal because I want my players to develop that. And then I see, for example, my biggest uh, win as a coach is uh, I always follow my teams, you know, my previous teams. I'm still following uh, Melia uh, last year. And I see that they got they got so much better in moving the ball, thing that at the beginning of the year they were never doing. And even though uh, we had a great season, we won kind of everything that we, we could have won that year with a, you know, a team that was not uh, built for winning everything. Uh, I've seen that th this, uh, what remained with them is the fact that they treat each other like a family. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing. And I've seen that also they got a lot better on decision-making. That That is what, okay, like, okay, I give something to them that they can bring to their game or to their daily life. This is what I, I care the most. So to find a balance between, uh, you know, young players and uh, uh, senior players, let's call them uh, like that, it's tough because you know the result comes first but you know that the development is important not only for uh, uh for your players but also for you as a coach because mm -hmm. it's what you teach them and then you know you're hiring players the next year and then that player will want to come with you or with another coach for that of course depends also the economical mm -hmm. side it depends on so many other uh, things but i believe that you can find a balance between, you know, uh, having a result-driven environment and working on development. Mm -hmm. And you, we were talking about the, the flexibler, and for me, yoga is all, all, also a part of player development. Um, how are you try? How are you guys trying to get in the big markets into the basketball world? How? How, because I, I really like the, the the concept because I think I also do yoga. I have friends of mine that are instructors. So I know a, a little bit of what can do for you and for your body and also for your mind. Uh, how can you, how are, how are you trying to get into this world that is a, a method, methodological world of basketball that are used to do with the things a, cer a certain type of way? How are you trying to get into this, um, this difficult well, world of basketball? Yeah, actually, uh, we've been facing a little bit of a wall uh, in terms of uh, obviously openness to something like that, because you can imagine that many uh, we, we've been trying to propose this method in uh, different clubs, in different countries, and uh, not always uh, people were open to that because, of course, it's like, yeah, OK, you're right. But what is this yoga doing? And then, you know, it's like, OK, let's try to make a camp together because then I can show you how it's mixed and uh, how we have been trying and retrying. You know, you, you have to experiment to to find the right fit also for the players you have. Also, you know, to give uh, a little bit of a holistic way to to look at the player. We're trying, uh, obviously, the camp is the easiest way because you can try and uh, look. Yoga is something that is uh, affecting you in a good way in a longer run, of course. But mm -hmm. you can see the result even in a few days because you're passing from being, you know, like unaware of uh, anything, which is kind of what, what we we find in players. Like most of the players we find nowadays, they're, uh, you know, connected to their phones most uh, of the time than mm -hmm. with the other people with their own body, with their own emotions. They don't even know that they're afraid or they're uh, 
uh, scared or uh, which emotion is going through. And then this is like in two, three days of camp, you can uh, find out uh, some little things. It's like, ah, okay, I didn't do that because, you know, you find a reason why you didn't do, you, you didn't make, uh, not even the right choice, but the choice that uh, was needed in that moment. So on that, you can work more on your uh, limits mm -hmm. and then get better. Uh, we're setting up some uh, uh, camps for the this summer, like we always do. Of course, like the ideal scenario would be like uh, last year that we had uh, you know a partnership with the club, mm -hmm. and then uh, we provided uh, this you know we inserted this method during the season in the pro team in the senior team. So uh, that worked very well, and I've seen also the result afterwards. That's was most important. I've seen. That people that were not taking care of their bodies or their uh, you know lifestyle in general now uh being in touch with them i i hear that they're doing so much better and that's mm -hmm. that's the thing that i want to give more than uh, giving importance to the brand i want to give importance to the you know to the athlete as a human being as a you know someone that we have to look at uh, 360 degrees and it's important that this thing is for them, it's for the players. It's mm -hmm. for them to understand that they can do, uh, they have potential that they can explore. So that's my goal. If, uh, but, but I had also a saying that my grandma was saying, uh, like, you can help only who wants to be helped. <laughs> that's, no, that's the, the hard you can try to show the way, of course, you can try to, uh, you know, uh, do first and then show. Uh, the point is like, if someone wants to be helped and ask for help, open and available to help. Uh, you don't change anyone that doesn't want to change. And that mm -hmm. happened also for me. When I went abroad the first time, I didn't want to change. I thought that my way of coaching was the best. Uh, I won the first championship, so I thought I was, you know, some kind of Scariolo or... <laughs> but then afterwards, I, I realized that, like, no, there's a lot to work on, there's a mm -hmm. lot also to do. And that's, uh, I think, the key, you know? What we're trying to do with flexibility is to give to give some tools that sometimes people don't know uh, that they can use for themselves to to get better as a people, as a person, as a even as an athlete, which is the main goal. Mm -hmm. And coming back to to player development, we we talk a little bit about your approach to it. Um, let's say that you 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 run your team or you in Malta where you were the the first coach and you had all the control in 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 working with, with the guys. What was your approach to player development there? What was your approach to the the CLA, the CLA type of work, the game of, games approach, the, sides, the small side games? What were your your mentality going to, going to that season in terms of developing the players? Well, first of all, uh, the most important thing is always to have a mind open to uh, experiment. Okay, even if it's uh, something on your, you know, it's like, okay, I need, you know, to win this season because, you know, I have to get the contract for the mm -hmm. next year. That's what everyone is thinking. But the point is like, okay, I want to try. I want to see if this thing is working. I want to see if it's giving anything to them. And I believe uh, to see a 36-old uh, uh, Serbian that we had, he was uh, one of our scorers, uh, that he could uh, thrive and decide differently, have even uh, problems to... Uh, to check some some kind of scenarios and to find solution for that, and then you know retrying and uh, uh, in different uh, scenarios and see that he could find different solutions. Mm -hmm. He didn't even know that. So actually, he had the best season of his life because he 
he started not only to score but he started to pass the ball he, he started to uh play the uh he wanted to play defense on the best american of the other team so i'm like okay uh it's not only the the method approach it's also the mindset and i believe it's is more that when i was in charge i, I was uh, giving uh, my player first of all as an idea that we are a family so we trust each other we try to do our best for each other and we develop with the ideas like okay i give you these tools i know that might be something new for you that you used to have your habits but i believe that these things are gonna help you and i believe that communication is key many times i've seen uh situations where you know like as a coach we go to a player and say yeah come on be ready for this game and then you sit him out for 40 minutes mm -hmm. and then you give him explanation afterwards and so we guess that he's gonna learn what is gonna learn you didn't communicate anything to him actually you you were kind of uh how to say incoherent because you're saying something to encourage when you know that he's not gonna play mm -hmm without giving an explanation afterwards. So that's something that I I try to focus a lot uh, more than on the method. Of course, we have been trying always situations of, uh, you know, uh, over number, um, I, I uh, say it, you know, small uh, side games. And this was our, you know, bread every day, even in the, uh, for example, this is something that I uh, use a lot in the warm up because many players in the warm-up they used to go just up and down you know to do their thing like okay but then most of the time they don't even warm themselves and then instead with the small-sided games you don't even uh, notice but you're already warm mm -hmm. so you're ready to go and then that's why also you know uh, on the cla uh, on the uh, constraint led approach i try always to find the goals okay we share this goal guys we're trying we're doing this drill because we want to try to achieve this goal we want to try to find solutions on the side picker roll uh, box okay and that's that's something that has to be communicated I, I found it very easier when you communicate your intention to your team and you're kind of let's say vulnerable so many coaches don't do that because they feel like you know uh, i'm the coach i say and you do and then sometimes when you open up to them you find first a lot of feedback what i had from my players is like coach do you think that we can do this stuff like that and it was like interesting was like ah you know what we can try that mm -hmm. and when you give this type of power to your players at the end of the day they're on the court you can call the sets you can call what you want from the bench but then at the end of the day they're on the court no and also and, also for me that thing that you were saying about communication and asking questions Oh, for me, that is also player development. Not always, yeah. it doesn't have to be always uh, ball in hand. So, like you said, yoga is player development, body development, mind development. Uh, asking questions is mind development. Putting them through situations without even make a shot is player development. So, uh, I do think that people mistake player development with putting the ball down and doing a hundred dribbles and a hundred shots. Sometimes you have to do 100 questions and put them with 100 scenarios to develop his mind to be ready to attack that, that situation. So it's very interesting for you to say that communication is key and then that even your players ask you for feedback in terms of what they're doing. For me, like you said, they play the game um, and that's very, very important. But it, it gets me through also to your um, positive way of being not always as a not also as a coach but also as a, a person because when we talk outside of basketball 
you always have this energy that uh, that immense the place and gets to throw the place and I, I i do believe that also yoga or yoga must brings you must bring you also with your wife some some of that light because i know people from yoga and their energy is completely different from the other because they know their intentions they understand those the, their surroundings so um, you always have been this type of person in, in terms of having a growth mindset, a positive mindset, or your experience have shaped you and have um, changed you along the way? Totally my experiences. I was not as open-minded as I was, uh, let's say, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. So that's why I told you, like, I would redo it again to travel and to go abroad and to see different type of people, because that's also, you know, you deal with different people and sometimes... And, First, you don't understand, then afterwards, you're like, okay, I can take that. For example, something I took from Denmark, which is a silly thing, is like, I love to be minimalistic in the house. I love to have everything white and, you know, a, a few things, candles to, you know, uh, make everything cozy. They call it hygge, you know, uh, to be, you know, in this uh, state of, uh, you know, coziness at home. And those are things that apply for life in general. So I try, what you said before is the energy. The energy is the key. Mm -hmm. I think that energy is contagious. Either it's negative, either it's positive. So um, to put it like in a NLP uh, type of thing, is more like it's a useful state. Okay, what's useful for me? What is useful for my players? To tell, ah, you, you always miss from that spot, man. Like, is that going to help him? So I try to bring my energy and, and I try to be positive. I'm not saying I'm positive all the time. I have my bad days too. It's not like I'm a, a, a guru or something like that. Mm -hmm. But actually in that moment, you learn the most. Because like, even though I'm in this state, I know that I can change this state. And if you can pass this message to the players, it's going to be a game changer. Because mm -hmm. imagine a, a tough game, a point by point. And then, uh, you know, you're all caught up. Ah, what if I lose this ball? What if I make, I make this uh, right play? Like if that shift happens, it's gonna change. It's gonna change a game. It's gonna change a season. It's gonna change also the perspective of an, of an athlete and, and how he faces, uh, you know, daily life. Mm -hmm. And how do you try to to get that type of mentality, get type of mindset, that type of uh, way of living? Because for me, it's not a mindset; it's a way of living, being positive. And I think some people mistake being positive with being good, all the, being well all the time. No, I think it's the way that you encounter, like you said, encounter the, the setbacks and how do you manage them. So how do you pass that to your to your team as a coach to install that growth mindset that, OK, we missed. OK, we we got this wrong. Let's move it forward because getting being in the past doesn't doesn't help us. Let's yeah. move it forward. How do you try to install your type of being to to your teams? Uh, first of all, um... I believe that if I if I believe in something, I have to do the, I have to uh, walk the talk. I have to do it first. Like I have to be that guy. I have to be that person, mm -hmm. so they can see clearly. We're leaders, okay? As a coach, we're leaders. Uh, you want it or not, you're following your coach as a player. It's like okay, you see how he is, and you always take something. If you see a coach that is always like this, with this mood and everything, also as a player, you will be like, ah, I'm here at practice, you know? And I've seen many uh, players even here sometimes are like tough, you know? 
uh, in this way, but because they've been not always having this type of coaches, and I understand. It's like, how would you? I, I'm ten months with the same team, with the same environment, same uh, coaching stuff. Of course, I'm gonna have uh, kind of. I'm gonna learn something. Mm -hmm. So what I try to do is always to bring good energy to the team, and then, for example, uh, an important thing is the, the focus. Where do I focus my attention on? Like, if I focus my attention, I was like, hey, don't shoot from there. You're always missing. I focus my attention on something is doing bad. I try to focus my attention on what is uh, what is doing great, and then it's not avoiding correction. The correction has to be done in a positive way. Like, okay, uh, you know, you did this. For example, this is an NLP technique. You say something that you did great. Okay, if you uh, uh, try better this thing, it's gonna be the same result. So you're pairing a good emotion, a good state something that they did good and they can recognize that they did good with something that could improve something yeah, that improve, it's a totally a game changer they call it the sandwich the sandwich method yeah yeah, yeah i it. use that so, a lot because it's i I'm, I'm still i'm still trying to be a little bit more into that more consistently in terms of i when i when i have my like you said when my focus and my energy are go are going that way i'm 100 that type of coach but sometimes when i'm and that's why we are improving that's why it's amazing to to get this type of uh, mentality and mindset because i i i can understand that and i feel that when i more tired the days that i'm the more tired this type of mentality or this type of um, thinking is not that easy so for me to be a, a positive minded coach when i'm tired is way harder than to be it when I'm when I'm I'm filled. So I have to think a lot more. I have to stop myself to do some things or to get get some feedbacks right away. Because when I got here to Italy, I tell it was easy to do that because I couldn't speak. So yeah. for the time being that I had to think about what I was saying, translate it to Italian in my head, and then actually say it was like free actions. Now that I'm getting, unfortunately, I'm getting better in Italian. It's way 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 quicker, and I get. And I, I catch those catchphrases that you coaches like to do it here, like those yeah. very. <clears throat> so it's a little, I more, a little bit more, yeah, a little bit more different, difficult now. But I, I understand what you say. But as a coach, sometimes, and of course, you guys are winning this year. So when you are winning, it's easier. But I do feel that sometimes even coaches when are losing this type of um, connection and feedback are difficult to do. Yeah. Well, uh, I can tell you, even in uh, winning situations, it's not always easy. In the world, when uh, I told you, like, if you have a different approach, uh, of course, you have to face with different mm -hmm. things. So if I know that uh, some some people in the uh, in the team are uh, more negative, but not because they want to be negative or they don't want to win, it's just their way to approach life, okay? You know that you have to bring more energy, you have to balance. Okay, so that's why sometimes I have to be the extra positive that sometimes they're looking at me like, man, like, you really always that happy? I'm like, no, but I know that you need that because if you, I'm going to be like you, I'm going to be negative in that way, things are not going better. Or at least you cannot uh, try something different. You cannot have a different expression of what you're trying to bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So I believe that it's our responsibility. It's our job. Okay. Let's say that I put in my mind, it's like, I, I get paid for that. I get paid for uh, doing the job I love. I want to do it my best. And if I don't know what is my best, I go and study. And I check what could be what could be working. Okay, let's say I'm trying something and this something is not working. 
Am I doing the same thing all over again, knowing that it's not working? Or am I trying something different? Mm -hmm. Like, what is the loss if I try something and it's not working? I try another one. That's also what we do when we are on the court, when we are in a game, for example. If you make a game plan that you want to play only top pick and roll, and you know the top pick and roll, uh, they're uh, guarding well with the switch and they deny your advantage. What do you have to do? Like, you try something different. Mm -hmm. Exactly the same thing. But for, so, for you, for you, what's what's the best uh, strategy to to understand and to have this positive mindset when your job is on the line about results? So if you win, you get the job. If you lose, you don't get the job. How do you still? How do you instill in also in your players and also in your coaching staff this type of guys? Our mindset, our mindset has to be a positive and growth setted. So even if we lose, we have to go oriented to that that type of um, deal that we made in the, in the beginning of the season yeah it's a kind of a difference between the goal which is the, to win and the purpose mm -hmm. like what are we doing this for why are we doing this here why are we here why am i coaching why are you playing mm -hmm. like okay we're here because we want to grow as people we want to be the best we can independently from basketball like i want to be the best version of myself that more than yesterday okay the competition sometimes it happens a lot the competition between you know players of the same spot you know mm -hmm. the minutes and everything and at some point I, I feel that it's a little bit toxic if you think about it yeah it's something normal in basketball i mean everywhere is like this but the point should be okay i'm competitive because i want to be better than christian yesterday that's that's my goal every day i have to thrive into that mentality so even if my job is on the line, okay, but I'm doing my job because I believe in those values. I believe that we have to grow, like we have to get better. And then when you go on the court, you know that two results can happen. Like we don't even have the draw like in uh, football. You know that either you win or either you lose. It's part of the game. And that's something I learned in Denmark, as you can see, without taking a beer, but like I understood the, the concept, I understood mm -hmm. the message. Like, okay, this is sport at the end of the day. And we treat it like that. Yeah, I, have, I, I, I heard a rule from the Americans are, are great in a lot, of, a lot of stuff, but creating a culture and a rule setting uh, environment, they are, for me, the best in the world. And I heard the coach saying that either a loss and a win for him lasts 24 hours. So he gives himself 24 hours to either um, enjoy the win or digest the loss. So and yeah. and in a certain ways, like you said, the Dan, the Dan, the Danish people do that as a cultural thing. Okay, we lost, but we are here together as a, as a family, as a team. Now we go together as a team, also uh, outside. I, I think you have this in Italy also, but in the lower lower level leagues where they are there to play and to enjoy themselves. Because um, yeah. I think when you get to pro, you 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 are not able to control everyone's mind and uh, everybody way of thinking and digesting the the loss and the win so you can pick them so let's go do this or that but you can set this type of rules so okay guys what do you do what do you do when you lose when you lose you like to uh get yourself away from everything so you have 24 hours to do that you what do you do when you lose um i like to go get a beer with friends so you get 24 hours to do that so instead of trying to force them into an environment we we adapt to everyone's environment by, by setting by setting the rules. So it's a little bit like you were saying now. Yeah, yeah, true. Actually, yeah, we also look the the challenging thing, there is no hard thing, only challenge. This is also mm -hmm. shift, you know. Even in my language, I have to be aware that when I communicate, I have to communicate in a positive way if I want to be 
sending this energy. What is uh, challenging is that everyone is different, but it's also the beautiful thing. Everyone is different. So if someone is dealing in one way and another is dealing another way, it's cool. Uh, actually, I can learn. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, what do you do when you do that? Like, without telling you what to do, you know what to do best because you, you live your own body. You know what's inside of you. I don't because I have my own experience. I have my own perspective. You have another one. And that's great because I can learn from that. Mm -hmm. and you can learn from mine. And when you have this type of openness, it's like you focus on this, you know, you focus on this openness and then openness is going to come to you. I believe a lot in that, in, in life in general. What you switch your focus on is what you attract. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, it's your reality. Because in that moment, you're focusing on that thought, on that experience, and that is your reality. Yeah, so, I, think, I think that your focus, uh, your the reality that you create for yourself, also um, visualization, so being being aware of your why and where you want to go, I think that helps a lot to create this energy bubble around you that then people get knows you for. So uh, let's true. say... Actually, uh, now, now you talk about uh, visualization, no? It's something that we use with Flexibuller. Mm -hmm. We have been doing uh, some kind of exercise with uh, in Denmark with this camp of senior. And I remember uh, that my wife came to me in a drill where they had to, you know, face different scenarios and they didn't know how to do it. And then they were getting frustrated. Mm -hmm. So they, they sit and uh, they meditate. They, they meditate for uh, five minutes and thinking and visualizing about the exercise that we were doing and how would they do it in their mind. And this is something that is uh, proven scientifically. Yeah? There, there are people that <laughs> there was a group uh, about uh, some going to the gym, some not doing anything and some that are visualizing that they were going to the gym. And actually the, the better results in terms of uh, getting better was in the, in the middle group, the one that were visually doing visualization. And that's crazy. It's like the power of your mind is unlimited. So that's why it's, that's good that you told that. It's like something that even uh, you can instill in little moments, even after practice, even before practice. Uh, I was helping uh, one of our uh, players here. Uh, that he was struggling with the free throws and then i helped him uh, through visualization i told him okay now close your eyes and think about when you when you made an important shot okay focus your attention on that how was the feeling so you're connecting thought to a feeling and then when you have this connection and then you focus on that connection it's like it's different even if you miss you don't uh, go directly to like ah oh, no to that time i missed no mm -hmm. i'm going to that time i make it's like okay this time i missed but hey i'm going there with my mind so next time i'm gonna go better and then you have to believe it of course the main thing that is the toughest part to you know pass the message is you know you have to believe in it in what mm -hmm. you're doing and that is a little bit tricky because you know for example is a new method let's call it actually it's very old but nobody's using it for basketball so some some resistance at the beginning you can have it but if nice you see that, that is working for you okay it's about what is useful again mm -hmm. it's not about being positive what is useful what is yeah. a useful thing for me to reach that goal and uh before before we, we end because it did not take as long and you have work to do also because 
being a pro coach yeah, means, <laughs> means that, uh, being a professional coach means that you have no no Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> you have Mondays and Thursdays. <laughs> You've been trying to set this up for a week. <laughs> yeah, um, I, th I think that everyone that is listening to this um, can check out Flexible also to understand not 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 also not all, not only as a player but also as a coach to try to implement yoga and mindfulness and visualization in their job because I do think that can really help you with uh, regulating your emotions, regulating your thoughts, um, and having an open mind and energy different. So, Coach, before we, we, we wrap up and you give your, your, your practices, uh, we have this, uh, this, this last thing that we call corner three. So the idea is I, I ask you questions and you give me the first essence that comes to your mind. And then if you want to go deeper into it, we can, we can go deeper into it, okay? So the first question, if you can have a dinner with three people, uh, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Uh, I would say Scariolo. First mm -hmm. uh, that comes to my mind is one of my mentor. Uh, then um, I would say um, Richard Bendler, which is uh, the who invented the NLP, uh, the Neuro Linguistic Program. Mm -hmm. uh, ah, third person, um, ah, Pozzeco, but uh, I want to hang out with him. <laughs> that's a nice choice that's a nice choice and I mean, okay i just one for uh, my basketball journey the other one for lifestyle and the other one is like okay i want to have fun too for life the other one one for lifestyle one for life and if if you could give um an advice to to christian when he when he was starting coaching from from mm. you today what would it be Okay, they've been giving me some suggestions. It's like, are you sure you want to do this in your life? It's like, it's gonna be a lot of shit. It's gonna be a lot of mm -hmm. things that like, I would give uh, the opposite message. It's like, ah, if you love that, go for it. Mm -hmm. And I, last one, do you have any movie or book or even music that really get you through something or change your life in terms of coaching? Hi. Hey, well, movies, you know, like we are all uh, basketball uh, <laughs> related. The Coach Carter, uh, uh, White Man Can Jump, you know, a little bit of uh, history. I was also always been a Lakers fan. Mm -hmm. I've been uh, going to uh, watch uh, last Kobe's games. So everything that is related to hip hop culture and, uh, you know, uh, movies of Hollywood, I'm a little bit in love with that. <laughs> okay, Coach. Before we, we get out, do you have any message you want to get out to the world, to the people that are listening to us? To Because we can, we, can, we can say this. You have a different approach to basketball than most coaches in terms of getting out of your country. That's the biggest, one of the biggest countries in the world about basketball, even on your approach to, to yoga. So use this platform to, to give the message to the world or what you think you could uh, help others doing. Well, I believe my message would be to explore and experiment. Like that's two things that uh, you should do in life because like, you have this life. You don't know what you have uh, after. Mm -hmm. So it's better that, you know, you take advantage of it. Explore, experiment. Like, Great. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to take this out and doing a real. I have already <laughs> everything set. No, but um, to you that are in the in the other side listening, if you're a coach, a player, a father, a referee, 
um, get through us with messages. You can, you can, you can get through Flexiballer also on, on the social on the social networks. Um, and I hope this this conversation helped you because we had a lot of good good stuff here, Coach. Uh, again, thank you a lot for for this moment. Have a great practice. I hope, and I'll go. Fo I'll be following you guys. I hope you guys get up to the to the AEDUE because it's it's a, a, an amazing an amazing team that you are working with and an historical one. So all the best for you guys, and we we'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Vasco. Thank you, and good luck to you too.